have to be able to run the football and run the football well. And uh, I thought all the guys that we put the ball in their hands did an outstanding job of running the ball. Yeah, look, um, you know, we came back out to start the second half. We had the wind in our favor. And so uh, we knew it was going to be important for us to take advantage of that starting off the, the second half. And we talked in the locker room about, you know, we got the first part of the double by getting the points at the end of the first half. And we needed to, to, to uh, capitalize there in the, at, at the start of the second half. And our guys did a great job going down there and getting points and felt like the momentum kind of swung to our, our advantage at that point. No, I, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, I know there were some plays earlier in the game where he was involved and, and some of them happened to be may may happen to be read plays or whatever. And uh, but look, I thought I thought we did the things that we needed to do to 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 win the game. And, and that was run the ball effectively and and. Uh, uh, stopped the run pretty effectively on defense. I think they were about 3.9 per carry, something like that. Uh, and so uh, I thought we did those two things pretty well. And if you're doing that, then you're generally probably doing something pretty good on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Final drive, you see some kind of passes together with Mari Cooper and trying to get that stock there. I guess just the mentality-wise, what is that? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, um, None of these games in this league are ever easy, and and so uh, that was a great job by by our guys going out and, and stepping up and making the plays that they had to make to uh, to seal the victory. And so um, I thought that was awesome. That, that turnover, that uh, interception you guys got, that deflection, and Swanson did a good bit. Just kind of run me through what you saw in that play and how big that interception was. Well, I know they were throwing an inside route. I couldn't tell exactly who it was that got their hands on it um, or how the ball got tipped up. I really just kind of saw it get going into Dan's hands. And and, uh, and then I thought he had a hell of a run back on that, on that play too. So, um, you know, again, taking advantage of the situation, taking advantage of the wind. Offense did a great job of, you know, it's one thing to get the turnover. It's another thing to get the seven points off of it. And so uh, that was a huge – Huge play in the game and, and uh, a big part of why we won the game. I know you touched on it, but the mentality that comes, this is not an easy, this is not an easy game for anybody to play, you know, cold and there. Come out with a win this season, still alive for this team. What, what does it say about the guys that you have in that roster? Fight, heart, grit. It's what they got. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what the New Orleans Saints have been about. Um, and so, uh, Look, I know that the, the 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 wins haven't come like we've like we had hoped, uh, but our guys have never never quit fighting, and uh, that's why I love coaching them. Anything for you guys? I don't know if I really want to answer anything from you guys since y'all didn't make it out here to the cold. Hang on, just a second. I can't hear anything. Is there a volume on this thing? All right, try. Can you hear me? Uh, unfortunately, I can't, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Uh, tell me, how cold was it? I mean, I, I know you said it's just the mindset and everything, but 
for you on the sidelines. I mean, how cold. Much did this affect the game? Cold. It was cold and it was windy. Um, but we gave our equipment staff a, a, a game ball for, you know, providing us with enough to at least make it manageable for us. So it was the, the weather was certainly a factor. And, and tell me about how you all prepared during the week. I mean, you, you mentioned bomb, but yeah. I mean, you all had to add some attention to detail to take this game and the conditions and the consideration leading up to it. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's how we prepared for it. We said this game was going to be about mental toughness and the most mentally tough team was going to win. And then we really didn't talk a lot about it um, because it was just a, it was just another distraction to us. And um, I thought our guys handled it, handled it great. Um, you know, it was a little bit of an eye opener when we showed up here um, and woke up on Friday morning and, and, and tried to walk outside. It was, it was, it was uh, pretty, pretty tough to, to stand out there for very long. So, uh, but I thought our guys handled it awesome. Hey, hey, Dennis, I wanted to ask about that. Yeah, from a mentality standpoint, you guys didn't make too big of a deal out of the weather, but from a strategy standpoint, did I mean, did you debate how much to let it influence you? It, it felt like you guys were throwing the ball when you had the wind behind you, then running the ball when you had didn't have the wind behind you. You did the thing where you didn't protect their gunners. You chose the wind in the first half. I mean, it felt like the same thing with Cleveland. Maybe they threw too much with the wind behind them. Can you outsmart yourself in a game like this? And did you do a good job of adjusting as it went on? Yeah, well, look, you know, we knew that we knew that the elements were going to be a factor. And so we, we definitely took those things into consideration. Um, we knew that, you know, there was probably going to be one direction that was going to be a little bit more difficult to uh, to kick, to throw. Uh, and then we knew that you know, we'd have a little bit easier time going in the opposite direction. And some of the game strategy deals as we went through the game and game management uh, was really based on, you know, the, the wind conditions, not necessarily the cold, but the wind conditions. In hindsight, I mean, the first question was, why did you wait so long to get Taysom involved? What, was it as simple as maybe we should have just gone run heavy the whole time once once you realized how this game played out? Well, look, I think, I think every time these games are going to, you're going to start off with a game plan, and then you're going to have to adjust. And and I think uh, I think our guys did a great job of adjusting. So, um, you know, we did what we needed to do to win. Yeah, is Alante Taylor's like confidence and just like the no panic when the ball's in there? Is that rare for somebody that that young, like that pass in the back of the end zone? You just kind of stay cool with it, causes the interception. Some of the plays he's make it seems like like there's some maturity there. That, that's going to be a little rare for a rookie. Yeah, look, I'm, and I think a lot of that starts with confidence. Um, you know, he he uh, he's got a lot of confidence in in himself, and we've got a lot of confidence in in him. And so uh, he never panics when the ball's in the air. So it's uh, you know, really good to see, and, and he's been a, a you know, a, a, a welcome surprise, I guess, would be the, the word to say, you know, in terms of exactly what we've gotten out of him. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm remembering this correctly, but was, was Carl in, uh, in coverage on that last play? Did he drop back before he uh, Well, he, yeah, but he wasn't really in coverage. It was part of a four-man rush, and we were just trying to get a – a hit on the tight end because we knew they like to throw the ball to him down the seam. So um, that's what we were doing on that play. And he did a good job of, you know, executing his job and then coming up and finishing it. And, and I mean, specifically in that, in that play, I mean, Deshaun's a quarterback move around a bunch uh, for, for him to 
you know, secure a guy who's, who's pretty slippery there on in such a big moment. I mean, what does that say about him as a player? Well, it says he was able to get Deshaun Watson down. Um, yeah, look, Carl's a good athlete, um, and and Carl's been a good good player for us. So uh, he made a great play in that situation. And, and look, there was a lot of people that got some, you know, there was some other rush in there that kind of got him out of the out of the pocket. Hey, Dennis, Mike might have touched on this in this question. Um, you were saying that you didn't want to talk too much about the weather because, you know, you didn't want to make it a big deal. But how much did you guys need to discuss the wind specifically when you were game planning? It, it kind of seems like a different uh, thing altogether. Yeah, look, yeah, we, we, we kind of covered that a little bit. But but that was the major factor in terms of the weather um, was really the wind conditions. And, and honestly, we had no idea. I shouldn't say no idea, but you don't really know exactly what you're dealing with until you actually get into the uh, stadium and, and see what the wind's going to be like. And, um, you know, there was certainly one direction where, where it, we felt like it affected us more than, than the other. And uh, you had said the other day that you felt like uh, Marshawn was closer to playing than he's ever been. Uh, how late did that decision go and, and kind of, I guess, what ultimately prevented him from being able to play? Yeah, look, he just wasn't ready, ready to go yet. So, um, so we went with the guys that, that we had that were ready to go, and those guys went out there and performed. So uh, it was awesome to see those guys play. Dennis, I, I, we've been talking about Alvin Kamara's production a lot lately. Um, how impressed were you with, with his toughness? He seemed like a lot of yards after contact today, especially after he got banged up a little early. Yeah, he was outstanding today. He ran the ball exceptionally well, ran it tough, uh, You know, put his pads down, got behind his pads, um, just hell of a game. I'm going to let you guys talk to him. He's right here. All right. Yeah, I, yeah, that that was the code of the Saints game in history. Oh yeah. Okay, well, that that that's some bullshit. <laughs> didn't didn't like be the part of that, but uh nah, I mean, you know, the the elements is the elements. We knew it was going to be cold. Um still had to go out and do its job. Got it done. Yeah, I mean, you come in, you come into a game like that, knowing what the conditions are going to be, and and um, obviously, you know, it's, we came in like, all right, we're going to run the ball, and when it permits, we're going to be able, we're going to throw it. You know, it's just kind of like you use your common sense out there. It's not really like a big strategic thing where we talk about it all week. Like it's just, hey, if we got the if the wind is in our favor, we're going to throw the ball. If not, shit, we're going to run it. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's kind of like one of those things. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I'm really more happy about the win. Um, it is what it is, you know, lower, lower touchdown production this year for me. But, you know, um, I think the main goal is just trying to trying to get in the winning column. That's like my main focus. So we won. I'm good. Yeah, I think I, I heard that question twice, and I think it's just uh, it was kind of like the flow of the game. We had some calls that we wanted to call to get chasing the ball, and um, we kind of got out of them um, a few times. Uh, I think just just how the, how the game was flowing, um, that's how it, how it went. But you know, we we ended up getting him the ball. He took advantage of his touches like he always does, and you know, when anytime you can see him and get him going, I mean, that's something we take advantage of. So I think he did well. Touchdown! You scored prior to that. It was a turnover by the defense. Mm -hmm. That had to be a critical play. Yeah. Turnover that you guys really haven't seen. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Dan. He, uh, I don't know who tipped it, but somebody it, it fell in Dan's hands. He got a little return in. He looked, uh, looked like an offensive player. But, you know, that was big, you know, just getting a, getting a takeaway, you know, because, I mean, that kind of sparks us as an offense. And, you know, when the defense does that, it's up to us to, to handle our part. So I think we went down and, and, and got seven. So, you know, that's all you could ask for. Asked Dennis the same question about just the mentality of this team. It's not easy playing this weather. Yeah. This weather. It's yep. not easy. And especially with the, the way the season has turned out, mm-hmm. you still have, you know, a, a summer COVID. This is kind of hard to play in this type of game. But what does it say about that group that come out and to be able to win? Man, we don't, I mean, we don't, we're not looking at uh, playoff chances, playoff hopes. We out here playing football. We got a job to do, and that's win every Sunday, regardless of the, the elements, regardless of circumstance. Whatever it is, you know, who's hurt, who's up, who's down, it, it, we're coming out and trying to get a win however we can. So that's kind of the, the flavor and the, and, the, and the swag of this group. Like, shoot, we're just trying to go out and find a way to win. We did that today, and we're going to keep trying to do that for the rest of the season. And wherever we end up, that's where we end up. Not kinda, I, I know for me, and I know for those guys in there, like the leaders and the captains, I know we, we're not looking at, oh, we got to make the playoffs. We're looking at, let's get this win, which we did today. And next week, we're going to try to get another win. And last week, we're going to try to get another win. And where the cards fall, they fall. Yeah, Alvin, what, what about your mentality? I mean, we, I know we've been talking about the frustration of, of trying to get you loose uh, the mm-hmm. last time we talked to you. Uh, looks like you were fighting for a lot of extra yards today. Were you, were you fired up for a game that, that was about every yard matters like this? Uh, I was really more fired up to uh, get back to the to the heat on the sideline. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, we, we, uh, plan going in, we knew we were going to run the ball. So I was definitely excited about that. Taysom was excited. The O-line was excited about that. I think we were able to get some, some good um, – runs going and uh you know obviously helped us in the in, in the long run you know um, i think to everybody you know i think is kind of not looking at the obvious it keeps the clock moving and you know in a game like that you know you got to take advantage of those possessions so you know a takeaway is big going down and scoring those getting those three points before halftime is big and being able to get the ball back going <laughs> into the second <clears throat> second half and then going down and being able to go get points and do what we need to do i mean it's, it's huge so um Man, it's, it was just good to get out there and get into some of those situations and take advantage of it. And then obviously you had the really big pass play on, I think it was a third and four. Mm-hmm. Third and three. Uh, we were, we've kind of been scratching our heads at why you're coming off the field on a lot of third and threes and third yeah. fours. Is, is some of that, do you think, the pass protection issue you mentioned the other day? or why, why uh, Nah, I don't think I don't think that is. I don't know. You, you got to ask somebody else. I don't know. I don't got an answer for that. Yeah, what was your reaction when you saw Carl make that kind of game clinching sack there at the end? Who? I'm sorry. When you saw Carl Grandison make Oh, that man, that's Carl. That's Grando. He's going to make a play. I mean, he he he's talented. Like D.A. said, he's a talented dude. He makes plays when he when he, when he when he needs to. Um, and I know he was hype about it. He was over there celebrating with the guys. So, I mean, when you got players <clears throat> step up and make plays in, 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 in big-time situations, big-time games, I mean, shoot, that's all you ask for, for him to make it. Sometimes you see teams kind of check out when, when you know, there's adversity and things are kind of going against them. But you guys haven't. You keep fighting. Why do you, why do you think that is that this team has that kind of uh, in their DNA? Um, I mean, that's what we're, we're used to. I don't think we're used to, um, you know, obviously this year we've we've been in the losing <coughs> bracket more than we've been in the winning bracket. So um, I think all of us know that, that we're, you know, we got a winning pedigree. So it's always – Week in and week out, trying to find a way to get back to that win, the winning ways. So you know, nobody, nobody in here is a loser. We, we're not, we're not, we don't have losing, 
uh, cloth in here. You know, we're not built uh, by losing bricks. We all have winning bricks. You know, we're used to winning. We're, we're used to that feeling. So I think everybody's desire to get that feeling is way, way, way higher and way more than, you know, just the desire to just fold and like fold and, and, and get ready for next year. So we're just going to keep going and keep trying to win. And is that important kind of like just for the future going forward, just like maintaining a, a culture where, where kind of that giving up and stuff isn't tolerated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I, I don't think that's a acceptable um, mindset to have in, in this organization. I um, mean, that starts from the top. So um, I think we do a good job of not uh, of weeding those guys out. You know, if you if you got that mentality, you won't be here. Yeah, Dennis talked about. Um, hey, Adam, Dennis talked about just being mentally tough in the conditions like they were today. Mm-hmm. During the game, did you feel like this is more more about mentally tough and physically tough? Um, uh, I got my own uh, kind of thesis on that. It's cold. It's nothing. It's it's nothing that's gonna make it not cold out there. So you know, we got a job to do. We got to play. If I, if I told you, I, I my mind. Uh, overcame the cold out there. I'll be lying. It was cold the whole time. It was cold when I had the ball. It was cold on the sideline. Um, it was cold when I was walking in the tunnel. It was cold when I was walking out the tunnel. You know, <laughs> we just had to find a way to win. It just kind of is what it is. Hey, Alvin, it seemed like uh, early in the game, uh, there were some issues with the snap and passes being deflected off people's hands. Um, I assume that has to be related to the weather. So can you kind of describe what it's like to try to catch the ball in these conditions? Uh, I don't know how many miles per hour the wind was, but that would be something that would affect um, the ball placement, ball, I mean, snaps, everything. So, you know, I think there's some plays we had. We had some pitches and some other things in the game plan that, you know, like I said earlier, common sense would tell you not to do that because the ball would be affected by the wind. So um, I think, like you said, there were some – plays that the ball was affected and obviously that's that's a weather thing i was curious because people have said before it makes the ball feel as hard as a rock when it's like that so i didn't know if that was the case of all today as yeah. well i think it's just more so the the wind kind of affecting the trajectory of the ball honestly yeah, yeah. hey alvin uh da said you know gave a game ball to uh bomb i'm just curious how did he and his staff maybe help you guys bumming them with Bumming them was colder than us. <laughs> but, uh, nah, Bum, Corey, all those guys, Richie Rich, Ryan, all the cool, all them dudes, man, they they handle their business every week. You know, I mean, they go above and beyond. Like, for some as, as, as small as – man, I've I, I changed the dang chin liner on my chin strap every two seconds. Like, they, they're, they're there at a drop of a dime. And, you know, like, it's just whenever we could take care of those guys, we try to. And, and you know, DA just giving them a shout-out, giving them a game ball, I mean, that means a lot, you know, because – I think those those my guys, man. I let them do this to death. Um, they shoot, they do a lot more work than we do. They they come, they had when we landed, they had to come set up locker room. You know what I'm saying? They get up in the morning and come and make sure everything's good, conditions, field, helmets, equipment, e- everything. You know, um, if if we didn't have them, nothing would move. Um, I, literally, nothing would move in this in this organization. So definitely shout out to bumming them. They need more than a game ball. Did you wear anything special? Did it help anything? I got on a wet. I got on a wetsuit. I don't know if y'all see it. It's a wetsuit. I had on the wetsuit sleeves. Um, yeah, um, it was still cold, so I don't know how special it is. Yeah, we've seen a lot of snaps for Trevor Penning here over the course of the past couple of weeks. Had a couple of highlight moments today. Can you just tell us a little bit about what it's been like running behind him since he's gotten a little bit more involved? He's just a nasty baby. 
like he a nasty baby, dog. Like he, he, I think you know the more experience. I mean, this is like what is this? His third game, I think, soon up or second. I don't know how many games it is, yeah, but yeah, third game. I mean, he he's coming along. Um, nobody better than than Streif to to talk crap in his ear and tell him he's not good enough when he's not doing good enough, or uh, to tell him you know he has more in the tank, but. I think he's he's catching on to it and he's 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 welcoming the the he's embracing the suck you know you know there's some growing pains that come with going out there and playing you know and he's he's just catching on catching on and and you know basically just just finding his finding his rhythm finding his tempo so um, definitely excited to see him progress. Alvin, I want to make sure I put it right. What, what did you say? Embracing, embracing what? what was embracing your- the suck. He's embra- He's embracing. He's embracing like the, his process, like the suck. You know, like. You know, sometimes he might get beat. Sometimes he might not have the right uh, foot in or whatever. But you know, he's embracing it. I think it's never a time where you see him get too hard, too low. He just, he just want more. I thought that's what you said. I didn't want to let that one go. And yes, just indeed. Talk it off to me hearing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that, right. Alvin. Yep, Taysom. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast, giving you the State of the Saints podcast post-game show. Uh, the Saints get the job done. They knock off the Cleveland Browns in frigid conditions, uh, the score of 17 to 10. Uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, ran the ball pretty well today. They made some adjustments um, in the second half, and they were able to uh, come back um, when they were down. And um, it was a a solid performance, you know, solid performance by the New Orleans Saints, uh, getting it done. Um, Shouts out to uh, Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. Uh, These two guys spearheaded this this offense today. And in games like this, um, that's what you lean on. You lean on the running game. You know, I I didn't expect for the New Orleans Saints to – I, I didn't expect the New Orleans Saints to, uh, you know, throw the ball all over the place. Um, I, I seen some people on social media uh, saying, you know, basically, oh, man, what they doing, they need to throw the football. Uh, if you think the Saints should have threw the football in eight-degree weather with 30-miles-per-hour winds, um, you don't need to talk football with me or anybody else or even say anything like that. I mean, you, you should be drug tested. Uh, the Saints did what needed to be done, and honestly – um, the Saints should be thanking their lucky stars that they played against Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns, who uh, who just didn't realize uh, they had a really good running back on their side named Nick Chubb. Uh, every time Nick Chubb ran the football, uh, he got positive yards. Uh, he was running tough. The offensive line is really good. I just don't understand sometimes about these these offensive minded coaches who like to throw the ball all over the place. I just some I think I just think that sometimes you just need to read the room. You know, I just think you just need to read the room and just realize that it's just not a passing day. You know, you're trying to throw the ball with Deshaun Washington into 30 degree weather. Like, honestly, anybody that was saying that the Saints need to throw the ball, they should have just looked at uh, how Deshaun Watson was playing, throwing the football. So it just didn't make any sense. So I, I, I really feel like the Cleveland Browns, in some cases, let the Saints off the hook. Uh, the first half, 
uh, the Saints. I, I, I just don't realize I, – I just do not know why the New Orleans Saints didn't start this game using Taysom Hill. Like, quite frankly, I wouldn't even been mad if the Saints actually used Taysom Hill primarily as the quarterback in a game like this. I mean, he is he is basically tailor-made for a game uh, of this magnitude. You know, a three yards in a cloud of dust, uh, every little mistake is magnified. You know, this was the type of game where Taysom Hill – uh, would have played because this is one of those old school classic games that a lot of you probably not even accustomed to. But, you know, growing up, I've seen a few of these games where the running game reigned supreme and the ball wasn't in the air quite often. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, the Saints made the adjustments in the second half. They started to utilize Taysom Hill a little bit more. Don't know why that had to be an adjustment, but I digress. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, uh, were successful today. Um, I didn't expect for them to win this game. I ain't going to lie to you. I thought uh, between the nasty conditions uh, combined with the fact that um, I just thought that the Cleveland Browns would have had a little bit of something. But, um, look, it, it, this is the battle of attrition in the NFL, and it's also a mental game. You know, and if you're out there and you're talking about how cold it is, it's going to go into your psyche and it might even affect the way that you're playing. And when you're running a football in that type of weather, I mean, your hands are cold. And when you're bumping up against one another, I don't know if you ever like had your hands like real cold or your ears and somebody like tap it or flick it or something like that. I mean, it feels like knives are like stabbing at you. So uh, in a game like this, it's definitely a battle of toughness. Uh, Shouts out to Carl Grandison getting it done, Uh, you know, getting the sack on Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Saints kind of kept them in check. And uh, quite honestly, I'm, I'm I'm really shocked that we didn't see much running by Deshaun Watson in this game. But um, it, it just seemed like it was a bad game plan for the Cleveland Browns. Um, you would think that they watched the Saints play against the Atlanta Falcons last week and watched Tyler Algier run all up and down the field. You would think they would have gave them a heavy dose of Nick Chubb and, and uh, Kareem Hunt, but it didn't happen. So, um, the Saints get their victory. Uh, D.A. for the first time as a head coach get back-to-back victories. Uh, the Saints get back-to-back victories for the first time since 2020. Uh, the Saints even had an interception, you know, interception by a guy who probably wouldn't even have been playing if Justin Evans uh, didn't leave the game. Uh, and uh, Daniel Sorensen comes in and uh, he gets the pick. I mean, Daniel Sorensen, a.k.a. Hardcore Highland. So, I mean, Harco highly got it done, you know, and um, it was a good return, too. And it set the Saints up. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was a great it was a good victory. You know, it was a good victory today. Um, they, they made the adjustments. And, uh, you know, I mean, this doesn't dissolve D.A., in my opinion, but it, I feel like it's going to continue to help him and help the uh, front office uh, bring him back. Uh, I know a lot of people may not want to hear that, but. You know, at the end of the day, I, I take I, I come away from this game. I know people be looking at these guys and talking about this guy suck. This guy ain't good enough. But man, we are 16 weeks into the season, 16. And I don't know. I don't understand like why some people just expect these mediocre wide receivers, these guys that are undrafted, unproven and not really that good. Like none of these guys, to be honest with you would be in anybody's starting rotation, probably for the exception of Rashid Shaheed. Like, nobody would really be there. Nobody would be a top a, a top two or top three receiver on anybody's team. You know, maybe a Callaway or something like that, depends on the circumstance. 
But besides like Shahid, like the rest of these guys are just average. And when you expect for guys to come down here and catch 50-50 balls like they Dez Bryant or, or Randy Moss or something like that, I just think that that's just wishful thinking. I just think that is a waste of time. Uh, these guys aren't really that good. I mean, think about this. Like you're relying on Keith Kirkwood to make a crucial catch in a crucial situation. Like when you're throwing stuff like that, it's like you kind of getting yourself upset. You know, um, the Saints, they have average receivers. They they are very limited at talented, um, talent on the offensive side of the ball this season, you know, when it comes to wide receiver position. So I just think that when you got two games left in the season and we still up here acting as if the light just going to come on and these guys going to just turn into Chris Carter, uh, Randy Moss, and, you know, I, I just don't understand, like, why anybody would even think that. Like, it's not like you about to have Jake Reed, Randy Moss, and Chris Carter on the same team. So, at the end of the day, they did what needed to be done. It wasn't pretty, uh, you know, but they they were able to uh, get that victory. So that's the most important thing about all of this, uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh, the reason why I'm not on camera, uh, who that nation is, because I actually I'm actually doing this show live in my in my room. Um, my family uh, came down for Christmas out here in South Carolina, and got a, I got a house full of folks, man. I got a house full of folks right now, and. Uh, I'm really enjoying this. That's why, you know, it's not going to be a long show today because I want to get back to my family. But I did want to talk to my Houdat Nation family out there. And I hope that you and yours are having a uh, merry uh, Christmas. I hope that you all have a merry Christmas on this Christmas Eve. And uh, I hope that your your Christmas is filled with with love and and joy and and surrounded by people that you love. But we'll go ahead and read some of these uh, comments and then we'll get up out of here so everybody can enjoy their Christmas Eve. Uh, get their eggnog and rum on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, man, and enjoy uh, the, the Saints' victory, you know. I mean, six victories this season. Um, they're, they're few and far in between, so you might, you know, want to have a Merry Christmas because Lord knows who knows what this going to be like down the stretch. I mean, we've we seen the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, doing, doing business on the uh, Detroit Lions, and then also uh, we have the uh, – you know, we have the game tomorrow versus Tampa Bay. So, I mean, you have Philadelphia. You know, you got to play next week. And Carolina going to be inspired. So, it's going to be some tough games down the stretch. So, enjoy your holiday. Enjoy uh, your family. Uh, the landlord says, uh, quite possibly the greatest quarterback duel i ever seen. Uh, depends on what, you, what you're talking about here. You know, like the battle of which, like the RPO game. What are we talking about? But, no, of course not. Of course not. And I know what you're you're doing it on this on this holiday on this Christmas Eve. I gotta hit you. Hell no, to the no, no, no. Hell to the no. <laughs> I know what you were looking for, man. So you're gonna we gonna start the the comments off. Uh, what the hell to the no? All right. Um, it wasn't a, a, a great quarterback duel, but I will say this, man. Look, I know a lot of people have been critical of Andy Dalton, but I mean Andy Dalton played well today. You know when he was asked to throw. The football he put the ball where it needed to be i i didn't see uh too many passes for the exception of traquan smith running the wrong route i mean what else is new uh i haven't seen i didn't see too many bad passes by andy dalton yeah there was some some snap issues i mean but it's cold out there man i mean you you keeping your hands in your pocket but at the same time i mean it, it was burning you know what I'm, saying? I'm pretty sure them hands were burning you know but uh Cool Sports Poems, thank you very much for the 1999, says, what's happening, big time with TJ? Even though he finally won two games in a row, uh, I'm still uh, mad that they're uh, saying that Dennis Allen is coming back next season. I think we need a new head coach, 
preferably uh, Eric Bieniemy or Brian Flores. Yeah, cool sports. Like, this doesn't change my mind about Dennis Allen. I think everybody pretty much knows my thoughts and feelings about Dennis Allen and who he is and what I feel like the message is. Um, I think that the more the Saints continue to go in this direction, uh, I think the more is more like more than likely that they're going to bring him back. I think that the Saints look at Dennis Allen um, as a head coach. Um, the defense plays really well, and they're probably and if you like to be honest with you, if you're like a person that's in the Saints front office uh, making like the really tough decisions, a game like this will basically just tell you that we don't have the right talent. Like we we just don't have enough talent on this team, and they probably will say, well. Is that our, you know, is it Dennis Allen's fault or is it our fault for not putting the right people on the field and not put giving him the right players in order for them to be successful? I mean, because when you look at Keith Kirkwood dropping two passes, well, the, the first one, you know what I'm saying, it would have been pretty tough to catch, even though, I mean, the coverage was good, but you got to come down with that ball if you you getting paid in the National Football League. And that second pass where you just, I don't know, overran it or something like that, you probably would have ended up scoring or got the ball down, you know, into the red zone, like probably on the 10 or close to the five yard line. I, I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah. I think they would probably look at the talent, but if, if I was like in the front office, you know, if I can put my GM hat on for a second, I, I would say that they probably going to end up getting rid of Pete Carmichael. Cause they're going to, they probably going to say maybe that the offense it's going to be, you know, maybe we change the offense and we bring Dennis Allen back and, you know, he can be able to do his defensive thing. Maybe we'll get the results that we need. So I don't know, man. I, I, I'm i not buying this whole, you know, I, I know what they're trying to feed us. They're trying to say, oh, the, they, he, the locker room and, and Dennis Allen, you know, he ain't lose the locker room. I'm just not buying this, man. I just think that the Saints since 2017 has done a really good job at getting high – high uh what was what's the word i'm looking for like guys with like you know they're, they're really good guys they're really good guys high locker room characters what i'm looking for like guys that are out here that's working really hard like they leaders they you know they they never say quit they never say die and i just think that i just think that they just got good core guys in that locker room so i just think that if any coach i don't care if the coach is bad or not or mediocre or not, I just think that this team will fight anyway because that's just who they have on the team. Now, I, I'm just saying, like, I just feel like Dennis Allen gets way too much credit for that. I just think that uh, the Saints not giving up is just a, a, a product. I think they, they, it's just a product of of the, the players that they have in the locker room more so than just Dennis Allen. But if they want to continue that narrative and say, oh, he ain't lose the locker room, and that's the reason why he should keep his job, I mean, whatever, you know, at the end of the day, I think they probably going to end up bringing them back and and they start winning games down the stretch. They really going to bring them back. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But something has got to give like you, you have to be able to find, uh, you know, I don't know, a different coach when it comes to the offense. You know, Pete Carmichael today, uh, you know, and also last week, I just feel like the, the offensive play calling is is dumb at times it's like how can you not realize that throwing a screen past the alvin Kamara 
is not a good idea or giving him more choice routes or using Taysom Hill in, in cold weather conditions like this. Like Taysom Hill went to BY freaking you. Okay. It's pretty cold in Utah. Last time I checked, this man was born and raised in Idaho. You know, like these, these type of games were tailor made. I, I don't know if anybody saw Taysom Hill in college or watched him play this. Like this is the type of game that you, you use Taysom Hill quite often. You know, if, if you're going to use Taysom Hill, this is the type of game that you use them for. Like Taysom Hill to me could have played like in the 1960s, like, you know, with the three yards and the cloud of dust, the Bar, Bar Star, Vince Lombardi type stuff. Like he's, he's that type of football player. So I, I just don't understand it. Like P Carmichael waits way too long uh, to make things happen, to see things, right? Like if a guy is, is making plays like Shahid, like that he had that jet sweep, right? And he went 40 yards, hit his head on the goalpost. Like, why are you not utilizing this guy when, you know, the first game he scores a touchdown, the second game Andy Dalton throws him a pass in Arizona. Like, that should tell you right there that this dude is pretty doggone good. We need to find ways uh, to make it happen. I'll give you another example. Back in 2017, the New Orleans Saints had Mark Ingram, they had Alvin Kamara, and they had Adrian Peterson. And everybody was talking about how great Adrian Peterson was and how the Saints were going to use this, this three running back set, how was this going to work. But at the beginning of the season, you had Sean Payton that was trying to call plays for Adrian Peterson, trying to do things with, with Mark Ingram and, you know, Alvin Kamara, as good as he was in preseason, he showed promise, he wasn't really being used. And somebody asked him about, you know, the running back position because, you know, the Saints kind of, you know, sputtered down the stretch. And Sean Payton was talking about Alvin Kamara. He was like, honestly, he said, it's my fault. He said, I haven't put this guy in a position to make plays because, you know, he's really good. And, of course, you know, at this time in 2017, we we knew Alvin Kamara had some promise, but we didn't know who he would become, who he is today. And um, he started to use him in a different way. He started using him in a screen game, using them choice routes, and they started really using all of his talents and skill set, and he was able to make plays. And I just think that when it comes to Pete Carmichael, I just think that it is hard sometimes for him uh, to see uh, guys developing right in front of his face. And I just think that he takes the long road instead of just taking this, this easy route uh, and getting the ball into the hands of the playmakers. Like, I don't understand it. Like that, I think that's what every team needs to do to be successful. But for like Pete Carmichael, he waits way too long. Like he waits way too long to utilize guys uh, in the game. And sometimes at the beginning of the game, his, his, his uh, game plan to start the game is trash. You know, it's just absolute garbage. So I think that they, he probably going to end up being a sacrificial lamb if they end up keeping Dennis Allen. I, I'm just I'm just being real. Like, And anybody, look, I ain't got nothing against Pete Carmichael. I feel like he does have a place in the National Football League. I think that he can be a, coordinate, a solid coordinator. But I think that he is one of those guys who needs like a franchise quarterback or he needs a guy – that's a head coach like Sean Payton that's offensively oriented where he can kind of, you know, kind of intervene when he sees certain things or help him to see certain things. Like I was, uh, I was talking to my, uh, my big brother, EJ, shout out to my big brother, EJ, and I'm gonna get back to the questions on this, but I was talking to him and, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan as y'all can see the whole hardcore Holly thing, but I was talking to him and I was talking about back in, in classic 1990s WWF. 
and there was this uh, writer um, that was on the team. You know, he, this, his job was to create uh, different storylines for these wrestlers to follow. You know, your favorite wrestler like Stone Cold Steve Austin's The Undertaker. His name was Vince Russo, right? And Vince Russo was a, you know, he, he had some really good ideas, right, at times. But, you know, he, his ideas was so good that he ended up getting another job at another wrestling company where he was the sole uh, creative guy. But what happened was when he got to that other company, it didn't work out. And some people were wondering why it was because, you know, he was bouncing those ideas off Vince McMahon, who owns WWF. You know, he so if it was a bad idea, if it was terrible, Vince can be like, nah, you know, McMahon can be like, nah, that ain't it. That's not it. You know, and people didn't account for that. I feel like it's the same way with Pete Carmichael. It's not the fact that he doesn't he doesn't know what he's doing. But I just think that sometimes you need that buffer. And I just think that he doesn't thrive. He doesn't thrive the way I feel like he can thrive when you are the only voice in the room, like you're the last line of defense. Like, I just think that he needs to be surrounded by an offensive minded coach in order for him to like really be effective. Because, I mean, I think he can call a game, but every, every now and then you're probably going to need that coach to intervene, a light a fire under him or, Tell him, man, how can you not see that Shahid is open? How can you see that on this last play? I saw it. Start calling more plays for him. So I think that's that's what what the issue is when it comes to Pete Carmichael. I just think that you don't have anybody else to kind of intervene. And when your ideas or your game plan is not going in the right direction, you need somebody to help you see it if you can't. So that's that's my thoughts on that. No, it's kind of long, but I just wanted to give you all that example to let you know what I was talking about. I'm liking Jason Garrett as a head coach more and more if we don't fight, we don't hire Frank Wright. You know, I mean, when it comes to Jason Garrett, I wouldn't mind having him as an offensive coordinator. I don't know about a head coach. Uh, you know, I don't think like I, I I don't think that a coach needs to be rah-rah, like, you know, you know, just full with is and vinegar, if you will. You know, I don't think that you have to be like that, but I do feel like you need to be able to instill like, you know, this, this level of confidence inside of guys. I think that you need to have confidence um, in yourself. And I think that coaches need to understand that they need to do what they need to do. Uh, and, or if they, if you don't, then, you know, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be consequences as well as players, you know, last week, you know, David Johnson fumbles. He's on, he's out there on the next uh, snap. You know, same thing with, with AK, you know, like I understand like the game plan has to go a certain way. But if you're not holding these guys accountable in certain situations, then how can, you know, anybody like look at you as a respectable coach? How can anybody like be nervous or, you know, understand like, man, my job could be taken from me at any minute. Like regardless to if the coach wants to get rid of you or not. Like you at least have to do some things to let them know that this won't be tolerated. And I just think there was. The, the the consequences have been few and far in between. Like the only person to be quite honest with you has, has that has been a victim of consequential, um, you know, DA is Jameis Winston, right? You know what I'm saying? Like Jameis Winston goes down, he gets hurt and you never see him again. And it has a lot to do with Dennis Allen, uh, you know, decision not to put him out there. So besides him, like who else can you say uh, has been at DA's doghouse and you, you seeing like, you know what can happen i mean i i just don't know i mean you can't say callaway because i mean does anybody not understand why callaway hasn't gotten many snaps it's because look look how good rasheed shaheed is that man out there that boy is a dog so why wouldn't you want to start him over a guy like callaway who 
basically they might give you five yards here and then drop a pass there and then might give you another 10 yards up the field here and then drop the next pass that he wide open you know like so why wouldn't you believe that but when it comes to Jameis Winston that's probably the only person that you can probably say you know when it came to I guess lackluster performances um you know even though fair or unfair he was the only person I can see that has been a you know recipient of, of DA's doghouse the ultimate warrior was always my favorite yeah I mean classic right there Daniel says I kind of came around on Dalton a little and he is looking pretty good this last part of the season yeah I mean look I, I Andy Dalton has been playing pretty well over the last couple of weeks. I, I can't even hate on him for that. Like, I get it. You know, every, some people are Jameis Winston um, sympathizers and people want to see Jameis uh, play. Some people even go a little bit deeper to want uh, Andy Dalton to fail. But I'm not in that. You know, I, I, think, I, I have to say, you know, he, he's been playing well. He hasn't he hasn't been causing the Saints games. And even that interception that was thrown today, that wasn't his fault. I mean, Juwan Johnson got to come up with that football. So, you know, you, you just got to be you got to be real. Like if the Saints are losing these games, it's, it's not because of Andy Dalton. You know, most of the time it's because maybe the defense kind of let them down. But I also think that, you know, this was a, a really good complimentary football game today. Uh, there was a there was a stat that came across the screen. Uh, when I watched it, uh, it was a two forty two Eastern Standard Time, and uh, they had a graphic on the screens that said uh, the offense of the Cleveland Browns hasn't had the ball since two o two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So what that's saying is, you know, they 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 held the ball, you know, what I'm saying like for almost forty plus minutes, you know, and, and you know it probably well, yeah, forty forty two minutes, you know, what I'm saying in real time. So. That tells you everything you need to know. You know, like it was good complimentary football. Sometimes, like if your offense isn't doing anything, you know, the defense got to hurry up and get out there. And it's the more snaps they get and they get burnt out. So the fact that the Saints were able to go on some of those long drives, even though those drives didn't resort, you know, result in touchdowns or field goals, um, it, it helped the defense. And by the time the defense came out there, you know, there was a fresh and it was, you know, ready to tackle the guy. Or you know, ready to play uh, coverage. So that's that's the way I look at it. You know, Saints uh, told Jameis he wouldn't lose his job due to injury, which is why he stayed in versus Tampa with a broken back. Uh, then they fleeced him. Well, you know that wasn't right. That wasn't fair that they said that. You know that they lied to him. But at the end of the day, some people will say you know it's a business, and people are going to do everything they can to keep themselves afloat and keep the team afloat. And uh, do I agree with the tactics? A absolutely not. I just feel like, you know, if you're going to do this thing, you need to have some integrity with it. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I just feel like, you know, when it came to Dennis Allen, I just think that he just liked Andy Dalton better than he liked Jameis Winston. I think that Jameis Winston was a Sean Payton guy. Uh, I think that the Saints took into account that Sean Payton uh, was kind of like his whisper or whatever like that. And maybe D.A. felt, that he didn't have, like, the right personnel uh, to kind of, you know, coach uh, Jameis Winston uh, out of some of the things that that caused him to not be uh, mentioned among some of the best quarterbacks in the league, which is the turnovers. So a lot of people just feel like, you know, Jameis Winston, as talented as he is, can be looked at as like a project. I mean, seriously. Like, you know, he has all this talent and stuff like that, but some people just feel like he's a turnover machine and, if you don't uh, have the right coach around him to help him see the field or hold him accountable to a certain extent, maybe, 
you know, you probably have him, you know, going wild. And maybe that's not something that D.A. feel like he was prepared for or his coaching staff was prepared for. But at the end of the day, I mean, they selected Andy Dalton. It started off a little bit rough. But, I mean, I have to say, man, Andy Dalton has been playing – he's been playing well as of late. He's been playing well as of late. Uh, LOL, I remember someone said we should pick up uh, Huntley, uh, shaking my head. Uh, yeah, I mean – I still feel that way. I, I still feel that way. You know, I don't think anything is wrong with uh, Tyler Huntley. You know, I, I don't. You know, I just think that sometimes guys in, in certain situations, you know, it can make them not, you know, look a certain way. And then when they go to a, another situation and make them look even better. You know, I mean, if Tyler Huntley was to come to New Orleans, I would expect like some conditions, maybe having an offense that's catered to him uh, combined with some talent. Um, I mean, honestly, let, let's let's keep it a buck. If we gonna rag on a guy, like let's 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 put it let's let's keep it all the way one hundred. You know, besides uh, Mark Andrews, who's on that team right now that can get you know that can get them yards. What Deshaun Jackson? You know, Deshaun Jackson, thirty six years old. He's the same age as me. Like, who are you looking at? You know, what I'm saying who who is going to go out there and, and um, you know and catch the ball? I mean, Rashad Bateman, he's on IR. So. If we're going to talk about how great this guy is, I mean, are we going to try to laugh and try to beat on our chest or make it seem like it's the worst idea in the world? Let's put this thing into context. You know, if he was out here, like, performing like a straight-up bum and he had, you know, some talented guys on his team at the wide receiver position, like like he did last year when he had Hollywood Brown on one side, Rashad Bateman on the other side, you had Mark Andrews in the middle, like, he was performing well. I remember, you know, some games he actually started in. So I just, you know, I have no problem with anybody like saying, you know, certain things, you know, but I just hate when people just will take it any way they they can. Like, let's put this thing into context. Like, if you're going to talk about, oh, it's the worst idea in the world, like, you know, let, let's put this thing into context. Like, when I, when I even suggested at the beginning of the season before the Saints even found Dennis Allen, made him the head coach, when I said that Doug Peterson needs to be the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, people were like, Look what he did in Philly. I'm like, yeah, he gave him a Super Bowl. But, you know, people didn't like that. Oh, oh look how he left. Okay, that's that's uh, people allowing a narrative to run with it. But if we want to if we want to talk about a guy, bash him, let's put this joint into context and and then we can have a conversation. But don't just, you know, put this in front of my face when you know for a fact that they ain't got nobody really to throw the football to. Like even when. Even when the Saints played the Baltimore Ravens with, with Lamar Jackson, please tell me who they was throwing the ball to. And throw it to nobody. Like he basically, like he just Lamar Jackson just basically ran all over the all, all over the field. So that's that's the part, you know. I'm just saying, like, let's if we're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about a guy at the quarterback was let's let put that thing into context. It's not like this dude out if this dude came out here with some top-notch receivers and he was just stinking it up. You know, then I would be like, okay, you you got me. But look what they got. Like they 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 wide receiver group probably worse than the Saints. If you want to keep it a buck, so I I still take them. I still stand by it. I still think you can win with that dude. If you put a if you put a good defense together and you get some solid talented receivers and that dude ability to be able to run and scramble out outside the pocket, you can win some games with Tyler Huntley. I stand by it. Uh, for those who are wanting Jameis needs to just be quiet. It was a freezer out there with wins and Andy uh, still put balls on the money. 
that would drop. Yeah, I mean, look, it, can't hate on Andy. When he was asked to throw, to, uh, throw the ball today, he threw the ball. And uh, I, look, that's all you can ask for. Uh, that's all you can ask for. So, uh, United States, Winston Knights are still Saints fans. We definitely not rooting for uh, Dalton to fail. Well, maybe you not, Jerry, but, you know, like, we can't speak for everybody. Like, we can't speak for everybody. Like, er like you may not feel that way. You know, you may just be a supporter of Jameis Winston, but there are some people out there that, that want this dude to fail. Like, they, they do. I've I've heard people say this. I've I've seen, you know, people send this, this type of information to me, you know, on shows. Like, man, get them up out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen this. They'll take it any way they can get. But, yeah, that's not the way to go because at the end of the day, you still – you still, you know, want the, the quarterback position to, you know, be able to win some games. Uh, why in the uh, F uh, sign a man and then not use him when he's healthy? I don't know. That's a good question. All right, I'm going to take a few more, and then we're going to go ahead and get up out of here, folks. And uh, I have a, you know, I try to have a, a Christmas edition of the State of Saints podcast tomorrow. If there, if people, uh, I'll I tell you what, if you would like to see, a Christmas edition of the State of the Saints podcast on tomorrow. Um, go ahead and put it like yes in there if you if you if you're in today. All right. If not, then we'll probably just you know take a day off and and reconvene on a Monday. Let's see. Sorensen do look like hardcore Holly. <laughs> Ravens don't have no help now. He not Lamar. Let's see. We just have younger uh, viewers and elderly viewers. So TJ is strict about his the profanity. Yeah, man, I don't roll like that. I don't roll like that, man. We we try to keep it uh, as family friendly as possible here. You know, we'll let a hell uh, damn go every now and then. But, you know, we try to keep it clean here. We try to keep it clean. We try to keep it a safe space and, a, and a, you know, and a, you know, a friendly space for anybody that can come in. You know, yeah, Kevin says understandable. Yeah, I mean, look. Kevin, I mean, look, I, look, I'm, I'm not saying, if, if I say something, man, like, like, call me out. I, I don't, I don't care about that. Like, I really don't. But I just, you know, I, I just want things to be into context. You know, that, that's all. You know, like, if he's playing bad, I mean, I can understand it because we have to, we have to understand, Kevin, that everybody is not going to be an elite quarterback, but a solid quarterback still can, can win you games and get you to the Super Bowl. I just think that sometimes we become enamored with, you know, with the Burroughs, with with the uh, Mahomes, uh, you know, even with the Brady's. You know what I'm saying? Like we get enamored with them because of their ability to be able to erase comebacks. I mean, erase deficits and, and, and be able to win, um, you know, because of them can, more consistently than not. But there's still a place for guys to be solid enough for your team to be successful. Like if you put things around them in order for them to be successful, I mean, Look at Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback, but the Cowboys are winning. You know, like they went, they got a good defense, they got a running game, and they winning, right? You know what I'm saying? Like same way with the with the 49ers. Like Jimmy Garoppolo ain't an elite quarterback. Never was. But you put a running game and a good defense around him, you can win. And just ask him to make some plays every now and then. And then there's a few games where, you know, he'll probably the Saints will probably win because of a Huntley would you know catch fire or something like that but if you put the right pieces around a guy i think that you know he can be successful he can spin it now i don't know if you don't believe me man go back and watch him at utah you know and also go go back and watch him against the green bay packers i want to say last year you know when lamar jackson was out 
the dude is the dude is talented, man. But I don't want this. I don't want. I, I just I, I just don't want that stigma on them. You know, I mean, they got some bad wide receivers out there right now, man. They're they not very good. So that's, I'm gonna I want to make that very very clear. Uh, TJ, what does a realistic contract look like for Jawan to stay with us? Um, I would have to look at the market when it comes to tight ends and, and you know see how it, it increased or where it's at. Uh, but I think you need to sign him to like a three year extension. I would, you know, he's a he's a young guy, and I think that you know you can you can do some things with him. You know, like you can do some things, and uh, I think that it should be like a three year deal. You know. The chemo said three years. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Merry Christmas, TJ. My mom is a good warrior and backbone uh, from pancreatic cancer ever since she got surgery in the past eight months. Uh, she's cancer-free, and she's a healthy woman in the world. She's doing great and a blessing. Hey, man, that's a Christmas gift in itself. You know, I, that is a Christmas gift in itself, man. Like, I know we talk about Saints victories, but like, anytime that your family can get a good report of health, uh, it's such a blessing, man. And, um, you know, shouts out to your mom. Uh, just shows you her resilience. It shows you her toughness, you know, tougher than any offensive or defensive player on the field, you know, for her to battle that and be able to bounce back and be cancer free. Not I mean, that is a gift in itself. So shouts out to your mom. Uh, shouts out uh, to your family, man. And uh, I'm pretty sure the power of prayer. Uh, you know, played a huge role in that as well. So, shouts out to you, man. I'm glad your family is doing great. Uh, shouts out to my mom. I don't know if she's downstairs. I don't know if they're still at the stove. And she probably with my wife right now. They probably still at the stove somewhere. <laughs> shouts out to them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, shouts out to my mom, man. They, they came down. I'm excited. Uh, everybody's here. How full of folk. Um, but I love them, man. It's great to have family here man we had karaoke night last night uh you know a barbecue made some ribs and you know having a good time man so shouts out to my mom uh titans lost the playoff spot to the jags wow jags been hot as of late i don't know if people been paying attention uh d-boy is a really good corner y'all weren't saying that when he was balling last year catching one-handed picks it's okay for a player to have a slump and yeah look i i, I feel like this man um I think people just kind of rush the judgment, especially at the cornerback position. Like it's a, it's such a feast of famine position. Like one minute, everybody's saying your praises, talking about how great you are. And then the next minute, Oh, he a bum. Get him up out of here. First off, I don't know what the, I, look, that Vegas must've called. Y'all ever seen that Buffalo? Y'all ever seen that Buffalo wild wings commercial when, you know, everybody was, you know, watching the game at Buffalo wild wings and nobody wanted to go home. So the guy at Buffalo wild wings called the referees and, you know, they threw a flag to extend the game. That's kind of how I felt. Like, that was a Vegas flag. Like, that was not pass interference. And, you know, they shouldn't even call that. Uh, you know, so if anybody just saying, oh, man, look at Paulson the Debo, like, man, that, that shouldn't have been a flag in the first place. So if you want to blame the guy, uh, fine. But all, all I'm saying is that was not pass interference. And it, if it was, uh, you know, they, they, it, was, it was such a ticky-tack call. So if you want to bash Paulson and Debo uh, for the up and down play, okay, fine. If you want to talk about, oh, he has he wasn't what we thought he was going to be this season, fair enough. But to just sit up here and just talk about the dude and talk about he's trash and slow and just because of that, like I I don't know, man. Like that that was some that was some nine cents. That was some nine cents. 
That was some straight up 100% nonsense. Uh, I appreciate the show. However, your sentiments for Andy Dalton today is the reason the Saints are bringing Dennis Allen back. I'm pretty sure the organization got people listening to all these different shows. Well, look, I, look, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why or what, you know what I'm saying, you, you, you're getting from that. But let me clarify, okay? What I'm talking about is the last couple games, okay? And, let, I mean, that's not saying that's ground for him to be the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints going forward. I'm just saying is based on what I saw. So what, what am I supposed to do, though? You know, am I supposed to, like – Am I supposed to do you a disservice by telling you or not mentioning that this dude has been playing solid because, oh, you know, the Saints organization might hear this show. Like, no. I mean, we just got to call a spade a spade. As much as we advocate for a guy who's on the sidelines and not a starter and he start making plays that we want them to play, as much as we'll try to advocate uh, for a decision on the field that involves a third or fourth down, uh, I got to keep the same energy, man. And, and you have to keep the same energy. Like, I don't like that out of sight, out of mind thing or, you know, don't, you know, see nothing, say nothing type mentality. Like, the dude been playing well. I mean, you know, I ain't saying that he been elite or all out of the second coming of Joe Burrow or something. But, you know, if we're talking about putting the ball where it needs to be, putting the ball in the hands of the guys in order for them to extend drives, you got to give it, you got to give him his respect. And, you know, I'm not, look, do I think the Saints can find something better than a Dalton? Absolutely. But when you're asking a guy to facilitate the ball and, and be able to, like, you know, keep within a game plan, he doing it. Now, is it is it resorting to wins on a consistent basis? Absolutely not. But I can't just sit up here and just kick a man and, and, and make something that's not there. I don't feel like that's fair. You know, I, I mean, that's just that's just the way I operate. I'm, I'm That's just the way that's just the way that I operate here, man. Um. I just don't want to do anybody a disservice. I don't want to do anybody a disservice and be like, hey, you know, like, ah, oh, man, he ain't playing, he playing too well. Let me be quiet. <laughs> no, nah, man, I can't do that. That's not fair. You know, that's, that's, that's equivalent to if you're at work, right? You know, and you're, you're busting your tail. You're doing, you know what I'm saying? You're doing a good job. And your manager walks past you every single day and don't say nothing to you. Like you up here putting your best foot forward and then all of a sudden like your manager walk past you like you ain't did nothing. I don't care what you say. You're going to feel some type of way about that. Like you, you want your props when you feel like you're doing what you need to do. So I'm going to get that man his props. I'm not saying that he the future of the New Orleans Saints. I just said that he did what he needed to do. And we just got to keep it, keep it for what it is. TJ, uh, would you take a chance on Russell Wilson and who was uh, fluting today? Um. Well, look, would I take a chance on Russell Wilson? At this point, no, Ken Arthur. Look, I'm not trying to be the Denver Broncos where I'm trying to dig in the crates and trying to find a guy to try to muster up the last bit of talent that they have or like trying to be the Indianapolis Colts when I'm trying to wheel out uh, Phillip Rivers in the twilight his career and a Matt Ryan who is clearly washed. I'm not trying to be like that. Like, I feel like, look, nobody wants to rebuild. Nobody wants to say the word rebuild, but – you might have to do what you need to do in order for this team to have sustainable success for the future. If, if you're not doing that, you're probably going to end up like not make, making the playoffs consistently. Keep on trying to find guys who still got a little bit of talent left. I'm not about that, man. I, I think that the Saints are going down that road right now, and I just feel like 
we we use this term kicking a can down the road. Well, you kicking a can down the road if you're not trying to diligently find your future franchise quarterback because that is how you know you're going to be able to sustain success. So I'm not saying I don't know what Russell Wilson be able to do. I mean, based on what I seen with with uh Denver Broncos, not much. But uh, I, I just feel like you just need to go younger uh and, and find your franchise quarterback right rather there's a, like a Hendon hooker or something like that, that that you can probably get in the draft or maybe you know somebody else that you can get in free agency but you need to find you some you need to find that guy that can lead your team to the future and as far as who was fluting today uh you know the person I feel like was fluting today to me uh was Tyron Matthew um Tyron Matthew had 11 tackles in the game um he had a pass deflection <clears throat> it was a crucial uh stop that he had uh, and Joku, who was a really good tight end, uh, could have easily caught that pass, you know. But you know, Tyron Matthew got the hit. It was a couple of pass, um, tackles I seen him uh, in the backfield. Uh, also, you got to give uh, props to Taysom Hill too. I mean, Taysom Hill uh, fought uh, for you know some, some yards, uh, especially on that goal line, uh, and he also you know sustained some drives. So those are the two guys to me that stood out. Uh, Carl Granderson gets honorable mention because I don't think you'll win a game without him. Uh, getting that sack. Uh, so those are some guys that I feel like they were fluting in the game and, and did a really good job. Uh, before we get up out of here, let me go ahead and read these stats. Uh, thank thank you all once again for being here. I ask that you hit the like button if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, Andy Dalton was 8 of 15, 92 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He wasn't sacked. Alvin Kamara, 20 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Somebody I think asked me was, um, the way they playing Alvin Kamara sustainable, probably not, you know, but I don't look at this as being a reoccurring thing. I think that this is probably going to end up being like a season where, you know, this this is kind of like the way they're going to be doing. But at the next season, if they have Alvin Kamara, I feel like they're going to kind of change it up. And he'll probably go back to his, the way that he normally ran the football and also like kept the ball out the backfield. I think they're going to put a lot more emphasis on that. Uh, Taysom Hill, nine carry for 56 yards. Both guys had a touchdown. David Johnson, seven carry for 16 yards. Didn't fumble the football. You know, came in the game in little spurts and, you know, moved the pile a little bit. Adam Prentice, uh, who got the Saints off the goal, uh, you know, out, out of the uh, end zone a couple of times. Uh, you know, two carries, five yards. And you got Rashid Shaheed, uh, four catches, 41 yards. Uh, had a couple catches, you know, that he got that yak. That's something I feel like um, – I, that's something that I feel like Chris Alabe does not have and he needs to work on. Like he, he doesn't get those yards after the catch. Like, you know, Rashid Shaheed does when Rashid Shaheed gets the ball, he normally like kind of, you know, like I'll run somebody for a touchdown. He'll probably get uh, some extra yards. So that's what you want to see in your receiver. Uh, Alvin Kamara, two catches for 34 yards. He had that long 29 yard run. Uh, that was good. That was like, man, that was like some nine, some 2019 type stuff of Alvin Kamara right there. Uh, and also you have Andy Dalton, you know, they had like two, uh, you know, like, well, they had two snap issues, uh, at the beginning of the game. All right. But he, he recovered both, uh, Tyron Matthew once again had 11, uh, tackles in his game. Cam Jordan was seven. Caden Ellis, uh, was seven who had a really good game in my opinion. Uh, Daniel Sorensen who came in, uh, had a one pass deflection, an interception. He had seven tackles. Carl Granderson had a sack and six tackles. Alante Taylor was six. Demario Davis with five. Chase Hansen, who got some playing time due to Pete Warner being out, he had four. David Ayamada kind of had a bounce-back game, really solid game by him. Uh, he had four tackles and a half of a sack. 
Uh, Bradley Roby uh, should have had a, at least two interceptions in this game, but he had three tackles. Uh, Shai Tuttle made some plays. We had three. Justin uh, Evans, uh, Contavious Street, they all had three. P.J. Williams, Ty uh, Summers, Paulson Adebo had two tackles. Uh, Malcolm Roach had one. Andy Dalton <laughs> had, a, had a tackle. So I guess that must have came on an interception. So shouts out to Andy Dalton uh, not giving up. Eric McCoy, I guess he had a tackle too. I, I don't know what's going on with that. And Andrew Dowell, uh, who was on special teams, had a tackle. So uh, my final thoughts are very, very simple, folks. I mean, a win is a win. Didn't expect for the Saints to win this game today. I ain't going to lie to you, but, you know, it's good to see that the running game was there. It's good to see that the Saints were able to make the adjustments at halftime. It, it looked like classic New Orleans Saints. You know, they kind of struggle in the first half, and then the second half they make the adjustments, come back out, get the win. Um, yeah, that's the way that you want to do it, man. You're going to be out there playing in, in minus 15-degree uh, weather. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's 8 degrees, but it felt like minus 15 if you're going to be out there like that, you know, you might as well just come away with a win, all right? You're away from your family, and that, that turkey and, you know, that roast beast is going to taste much better that you got a victory and you don't have to sit up there and be, you know, all upset that you got, you know, you didn't get a win. Now the Saints have to focus on the next game. They play the best team in the NFC, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. So um, right now the Saints are still alive in the playoff picture. Uh, a lot of things can change. They need a lot of help, but, you know, they, they got that victory today. So I think a lot of people are excited about that. Regardless to how we feel about the team, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's good to see some guys like stepping up and making plays like Elante Taylor and, you know, seeing Alvin Kamara back in the end zone. It's been too long. Uh, it's good to see those guys out there making plays and and knowing that you can rely and trust on some of those guys and, and being those guys that they've been uh, for the last few years that make us say who that in a major way. Uh, my, uh, I want to thank Leroy for the $5. says Winston is under contract for next year. Nobody is talking about it, but he theoretically could be back next year, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he could be, but I think that Jameis wants to be a starting quarterback. And if the Saints aren't going to give it to him, I think he might find himself going to greener pastures. And if Dennis Allen comes back, he probably definitely won't come back because you have to wonder to yourself, you know, how how short is that leash? You know, like, you know, if he, if he comes in, he plays, and maybe, you know, he, he does doing what he feel like needs to be done, he's probably going to get yanked quick. So I don't know if Jameis wants to do that. I think Jameis <coughs> believes that he's a starting quarterback. I also believe that he thinks that, you know, he he's – you know, if you put the right piece around him, he can bring a team to the promised land. And I think that he deserves that chance. And if the Saints don't give it to him um, fairly, I think that he needs to go to another team where they will give him an opportunity. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, once again, hit that like button. Previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. Uh, follow uh, the State of the Saints podcast on Facebook, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at TJAY Jones 8. And from my family uh, to yours, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. I uh, hope everybody is safe out there. Make sure that you stay warm in, in these uh, cold conditions and, uh, you know, just uh, enjoy your, your evening and, and remember what the reason for the season is. All right. Till next time. All I got to say is. Who that? Merry Christmas, who that nation.